Hey everybody, welcome back into Mining Stock Daily. Uh, we have an introduction to a new company and project which has hit my desk recently, so I wanted to bring them on and introduce to all the listeners Infinico Metals. They do trade on the Venture Exchange with INFM, and happy to welcome in President Mr. Sam Walding to the show. Sam, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, hi Trevor, thanks for having us. Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you on. Uh, listen, this is a, a relatively new company. Uh, you know, so why don't you just, I'll give you the floor here and kind of present to us the ethos of Infinico, uh, where it's coming from, what it's been doing, and really what its projected strategy is here going into 2024. Yeah, sure. So, so, so Infinico Metals is a newly, newly branded, uh, reformed company. So it's a, a bit of a rebirth, really. Um, we've chosen to focus the company solely on Quebec, uh, specifically in the James Bay region. Um, it's a critical metals explorer, and we're exploring specifically for magmatic nickel, copper, cobalt, uh, PGE sulfide deposits. The idea behind the company is to go out, try and consolidate previously um, unrecognized land packages and claim blocks try and bring together some of the old data there with the outlook of discovering a nickel deposit with a minimum size of 10 million tonnes at a grade of at least 1% nickel. So it's about 100,000 tonnes contain nickel. Um, our reasoning behind this and why we want to go down this direction and why we put a, put a number on that is because we, we believe that these types of deposits are really really quite attractive um, in the markets at the moment and to some of the major companies. They provide that critical suite of elements that we're looking for, the nickel, copper, cobalt, PGE. Um, they're nice and easy to explore for here in this part of the world. Previously, haven't really been recognised, so the technology's moved on a lot recently, allowing us to utilise new techniques to try and identify these things. And they translate very easily from a discovery into a mine, should we actually find what we're looking for. So that's that's really what the company's focused on, and that's what we're driving towards at the moment. And we've just started by acquiring a few projects uh, in the area. So, yeah, that's, that's where we're up to at the moment. I, I think a lot of people will recognize where this company came from. Uh, so this basically is a reiteration of what once was Burn Gold, and it wasn't that long ago. Uh, you know, burn was, uh, I mean, I think people kind of were, uh, it, it did have some clout and people were following it and talk to me about that transition away from precious metals exploration to these, uh, base and critical minerals exploration. I mean, is it something that happened just because in the face of the market changes and the market dynamics, or is this something that, you know, you saw a window of opportunity, uh, the mechanics of the equity and, and, uh, and the instrument were there to take and, and kind of transition and then move forward. I mean, just, you know, why this, you know, why this sudden transition, I guess, is the general question. Yeah. So, so, so I think, yeah, obviously that needs a bit of explaining why the company has changed names. Uh, it's been rebranded and obviously refocused. So Buren, Buren Gold was the company that, um, the, the IPO'd, it had gold projects in Newfoundland. It was a different management team at the time that was, was operating that. Um, but ultimately, they they did what they were saying they were going to do. They drilled the project. Uh, they put in, I think, six six thousand meters or so, and they discovered they did discover gold, discovered mineralization. Um, but it just wasn't enough 
for really what they were looking for. It wasn't enough to excite the market. It wasn't really enough to push forward with. Um, and so at some point, the company had to walk away from that project and move on. So at the point in time there where, where that was recognised and the decision was made to kill the project, um, the management team was changed. So that's the point that I've come into the company. Um, mm. And my background is, is in nickel, uh, nickel sulphide. And it seems uh, a reasonable way to go to try and go and explore in for an element or a suite of elements and a deposit that everyone's looking for at the moment. And like I said, the reason behind Quebec is the fact it's a nice, easy place to work. Everyone knows the, the jurisdiction and it's really quite perspective for this type of deposit. So, that yeah, that's the background. That's why the company has transitioned and changed so suddenly. Uh, I would say it's amicable for a company to go in, drill something, and then kill it off knowing it's it wasn't there. So uh, kudos to that team for actually doing those. And, but there lies an opportunity. Sam, you come in, uh, take this instrument, and turn it into Infinico Metals. Let's talk about the projects you do have there. Listen, a lot of James Bay exploration uh, on the cover of the book has been focused on lithium. Uh, there's been a mm -hmm. staking rush in James Bay. Yeah. Um, so talk about that. You're not really focused on lithium. You are focusing on these nickel sulfides. Where are the opportunities and what are these projects you have in the book? Yeah. So, uh, I mean, it's nickel is really something that's, I, I think, been overlooked slightly in the area, at least in the past few years. When you start looking into the region, there, there are nickel deposits, nickel showings all over the place. Um, you can start to identify a different type of geology. Uh, there's a, a later intrusive suite that overprints a lot of a lot of the geological belt there, and these intrusives are highly prospective for the type of nickel sulfide we're looking for. They haven't really been explored for properly, um, at least not in not in any recent period of time. So our opportunity there is to come in, uh, pick these things out and consolidate the claim blocks and try and tie them together and use some of the new science, new thinking, new technology around this to try and explore for them. So we've acquired two projects so far. We've got the Dalhousie project and the Nakobe project. So these are consolidated blocks of land. They're about three hours drive north of the, the, the mining hub of Val d'Or. So I, I think everyone who knows Quebec knows that there's a Nice place to work. We're about eight hours drive from Montreal. The projects are fully road accessible. So no helicopters and float planes, nothing like that. So the, the ethos there is to try and generate targets, generate projects, which we can explore in a cost-effective and fast manner to advance them through to proper discoveries, really. So there are uh, there is some historic camp, uh, drilling work that's been done on... Um uh, excuse me, the Nakobe project, uh, which you recently picked up, which is really quite interesting. Uh, I think this was done in 91, 15 and a half meters of 1.38% nickel, and one and a half percent copper. There's also 63 meters of 0.42% nickel and 0.21% copper. So uh, tell us about the, the historic data collection you have at Nakobe and how you're utilizing this and moving forward here this winter and into the spring. Yeah, so so Nakobe's our, I, I guess it's our key project. Um, mm -hmm. Just to give a very quick rundown of it, it's it's like you said, it's a fascinating project, and I can't quite believe we've actually managed to pick this thing up and uh, and consolidate it uh, in such a prolific mining jurisdiction. 
So you have a series of nickel showings within a, a mafic, ultra mafic and complex, uh, complex. The nickel showings are spread out uh, over a two and a half kilometer strike length. And they're associated with this big, deep crustal structure. At the far eastern end of the nickel showings, uh, there's an outcrop of nickel sulfide mineralization, which was drilled and discovered by uh, Naranda in the 1960s. So this was the first drilling on the property. Naranda actually grid drilled the thing, and there's a, there's a historic non-compliant resource on the, on the property at the moment. It was a very limited small area, though. It was about 50 metres by 50 metres, and the drilling went down to a depth of a very maximum 150 metres. But generally, these were sort of 50 metre deep holes, vertical holes. Since then, there's been a few phases of drilling where people have picked up parts of the property or a few claims here and there, and they've put these small reconnaissance programmes into the known existing mineralisation. So what, what we've done here, which is slightly different, is we've, we've collected all of this historic data over the past 70, 80 years. Uh, we've transcribed it into digital format and created the first proper digital leapfrog models. And this has is, this is identified this plunging body. So you have a mineralization starting from surface. It's plunging down at about 40 degrees. And it goes to a maximum depth of about 150 meters. And no one's ever bothered putting a drill hole under under the existing mineralized body. They haven't put them out in either direction, so the thing's wide open. The 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 historic drilling, like you said, you've you've identified some of the grades, but you're getting grades in drill core of up to seven percent nickel, just under fifteen percent mm. copper, point one six percent cobalt. So these are real economic grades and show that the nickel tenors in this system are really quite significant. So if we can hit massive sulfide, we know that we've got the grade there to make this into a, a really interesting project. So is the key the key move there at Nakobe to uh, test at depth uh, almost right away, given there this are two, data? Yeah, there are, there, are, there are two key things here. We will confirm one hole, one of the historic holes, which then allows us to use the the, re, the remainder of the historic data uh, in our modeling. And that means we can start to report some of that. Um, we will then step the drilling out, a long plunge or down plunge, sorry, to hit the, the body or try and intercept the body at depth. So we'll be trying to intercept it at about 150 meters, 200 meters deeper than any was actually drilled before. And then we'll step out again along the, the geological contact along the strike. One of the most notable things on the project is it's never been covered by geophysics. So there's no electromagnetics, no surface magnetics, electromagnetics, and no downhole electromagnetics. And this in, in nickel sulfide exploration is really the tool you use to make discoveries. Uh, you need to identify off-hole conductive features or conductors which are directly correlated with that nickel mineralization, and then that's what you drill and that's what you target. So our goal here is to confirm the existing mineralization with one hole, and then yeah. we want to extend the mineralization that we know of, and then we want to identify new zones of mineralization with geophysics and then drill those off. So uh, right away, you'll be, I mean, you'll be twinning a hole, a historic hole for confirmation. Yeah. The geophysics that you maybe plan on using, will you be using like the electric borehole geophysics, geophysics tool? 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we'll okay. we'll do this we'll do this uh concurrently to the drilling. So every hole we drill okay. we'll then probe with geophysics, stop, we'll do some modeling. Uh hopefully that gives us some off hole conductors and then we can adjust our drilling as we go to try and intercept those conductive features. Okay, very cool. Uh and, and tell us about the timing. When will you get that that, that first hole in for confirmation? Um so our permitting is there already. Uh we hope to start uh constructing the pads in mid-november and then we'll be looking at rolling up the drill rig as soon as we can after christmas so maybe the 7th of january um mm-hmm. so we hope to have the program complete by the end of january uh, and then potentially assays and results interpretation in by late february march sometime i think okay uh, i mean it's a it's a very pretty easy story to tell here for nicobe you know confirm uh, geophysical test and then expand the mineralization based on that data. And that really would be the game changer for the project and the company. Uh, Nicobe, obviously, it's not the only project you have on the books. You also have another one, another one and, and forgive me for pronunciation, but Dalhuisi, is that how you <laughs> yeah. pronounce it? Okay. Uh, well, I... I... <laughs> I don't know if you should take my pronunciation as uh, <laughs> but yeah, Dalhousie. So, so Dalhousie is yeah, it's our second project. It's um, it's located about fifty kilometres to the northwest of Nicobe. So same same area, same region. Um, again, it's a it's a nickel sulfide project. So nickel, copper, cobalt, and PGE. Mm. Um, the land package itself is another intrusive complex. So similar geology. Within the within the claim block, you've got these strips of ultramafic pyroxenite, and they're all mineralized at surface. There's this there's a historic airborne uh, electromagnetic survey which has been flown over the property, and it's identified conductive features associated with these mineralized um, these mineralized target rocks. Some of this has been drilled in the past. There's some historic drilling and trenching, so you had sort of ten meters at just under a percent nickel, 0.6% copper, that kind of thing. Um, but the, the, the parts that really interest us, there are these big gossamous areas on surface with, um, with mineralization in outcrop, so predominantly nickel, copper, cobalt. Cobalt numbers are really high here. They've got conductive features associated with them, but they haven't been drilled. There's no drill hole actually testing that outcrop in mineralization, which, uh, again, seems... seems uh, Seems like a slightly odd thing in somewhere which is supposedly so, so well explored. But yeah, it's a, an obvious target again. So something we can walk up to, we can put a hole into, follow up with, uh, follow up with again, downhole geophysics to try and constrain the nickel mineralization and then drill off from there. So that's, that's the second project in the portfolio. Okay. Uh, now let's talk a little bit of the makeup of the company here and how it's structured. Uh, you know, just over 3 million market cap. So this is very tiny uh, market cap here for an explorer. A lot of people like to see that. So that's the reason I wanted to publish this. Uh, Really tight share structure, just over 44 million shares outstanding. Um, And it gives a sense of who your major shareholders are now. You know, Mm -hmm. uh, our friends over at Plethora kind of sent this to me. And so I I assume they are uh, part of the the makeup here. Yeah, so uh, like you said, very tight share structure. So we've got just over 41 million shares outstanding. Um, in terms of the share structure at the moment, so Plethora or the Plethora Group are the major shareholders. They sit at around about 27%. Uh, 
Um, so again, my background, I have been working with Plethora for the past six years or so now through various companies. Uh, so we have a very good working relationship there. So they're there for the long term and supportive of the company. Um, beyond Plethora, we've got some legacy shareholders from the original IPO. Uh, so the retail sitting at about 49% and they're predominantly legacy from, from that period. Management at 14%, and then we've got a couple of, couple of other groups of slightly smaller amounts. But in general, um, there's not really anyone going anywhere here. We've got that big supportive shareholder in Plethora who will help us here, help us follow us through with this and support us the whole way through, which is, which is really quite nice for, a, like you said, a company this size to have that support behind us. It allows us to go out and... Uh, I guess, be slightly brave with the exploration and do what we want to do and do what we need mm -hmm. to do to make that discovery. Yeah. Uh, you've got a, you're, you announced a non-broker private placement of just under $2 million mm -hmm. here. Uh, that was over a week ago. Give us a sense of where you're at with getting that financing closed. Yeah, so it's a private placement, 1.8 million. So um, we're almost there. So we'll close that mid-November. Um, we've got the, the majority of the money uh, already accounted for. Um, so once we close that, that will the, the proceeds of that will go towards the drilling of the Nakobe project and a little bit of extra work in the Dalhousie project and potentially some target generation and acquisition of other nickel projects within the belt. Very good. All right, uh, Sam, appreciate your time here and thank you for the introduction. Uh, very interesting story. We're going to be paying close attention and hopefully you and I touch base here after that uh, first hole, confirmatory hole into Nakobe. So uh, stay safe and best of luck to you until then. Thank you very much, Trevor. Good to speak to you. Yeah. All right, everybody. That is your introduction to Infinico Metals. Again, trading on the Venture Exchange with INFM. The information presented should not be considered investment advice. Mining Stock Daily and its affiliates are not responsible for any loss arising from any investment decision in connection with the material presented herein. Please do your own research or speak with a licensed financial representative before making any investment decisions.